How's it going? How's it going? And welcome to From the Sidelines. My name is Josh Duvall, and I'm here with Chad Davis and Devin Davis. And today we're talking some hoops. We're talking some football. We might even sprinkle in a little baseball for you. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at FTS Pod. You can follow us on Twitter at FTS Pod as well. Yeah, comments, questions, concerns. You can email us at the FTS Pod at gmail.com. And we got this thing out there. It's called a website. You can visit that at ftspod.com. Got some new podcasts out there. Brand new podcast just debuted. You can check out the first episode from the dugout. Good old Devin Davis here and Tyler Bender. This is the new baseball podcast. Be sure to check that out ASAP, ftspod.com. That is ftspod.com if you can't spell. Yeah, let's get into it. Um, let's see what's on the list. I said basketball. So uh, March Madness came to a close Monday night and to absolutely no surprise by me at least. Uh, Gonzaga got absolutely curb stomped just as expected. Um, so it's nice. It's very, very, very good feeling knowing that that was going to happen all along. So, uh, yeah, uh, they got curb I was, stomped. I was just going to let you, you know, have the floor first because you were calling that all along and I'm sure you were enjoying it. So, oh, I was, I was eating it up. I was eating it up. I wanted them to win by 30. Like, I mean, like, Winning by double digits wasn't satisfying enough for me. I needed them to win by 30. It was just, it was unbelievable. I mean, they just, Gonzaga got completely destroyed on the boards. I mean, Gonzaga couldn't buy a bucket because Baylor was all over them on defense. And Baylor was just scoring with ease. I mean, come on, man. Drew Timmy, stop, stop doing your little stupid mustache thing when you're down by 20. You're getting, you're getting destroyed in the championship game of March Madness, and everybody knows you're not going to be. I mean, you're, you're, I mean, you're gone. You're gone. This is your last year. You're gone. So, I mean, there's no point in doing that. So, that that was just satisfying. That was satisfying. Drew Timmy's gone? Yeah, he's going to go to the NBA. You, he lost a lot of money. He lost a lot of money in that game. He's going to the NBA. He definitely I mean, got he, exposed. He's still projected as like a second-round pick now. He, I think he's coming back. It wouldn't Absolutely. surprise me to see him come back, honestly. Really? I don't know. He's just such I mean, a he's such a like dominant college player, but I mean, we saw he cannot defend the pick and roll, switch on to smaller guards, he gets abused. You know, he, they just poked holes in his game literally all yeah. night. He's just a Frank Kaminsky that can't shoot as well. Like, yep, he, pretty he belongs, much. he belongs in the fifties. There's, there's no spot for him in, in, in the NBA. So I mean if I were him, I would go I would go now. I would go now while my draft stock is at least second round. Because if he stays another year, the holes are going to be exposed even more, and he might might not even be drafted at that point. So I'd get my money while I can because there's no point in him being in the NBA at all for any team. So Yeah, I mean, I think you know, Jalen Suggs played really well for Gonzaga, but I mean, the, the difference really was uh, on the glass. I mean, 14 offensive rebounds for Baylor to one for Gonzaga. Um, rebounding margin was 16 in favor of Baylor, which is what the end the game-winning margin ended up being. So it was really Baylor came out hot from the start, and they were able to use their kind of hot hand, especially from behind the arc early. Um, I think they started what like five for five. Jared Butler was hitting everything he put up, yeah. um, and they really ballooned their lead. And then you know Gonzaga switched to the zone kind of in the uh, second part of the first half and kind of. You know, cut the deficit back down to 10 at halftime. And the fact that the deficit was only 10 at halftime felt like a miracle, honestly. Right. Uh, they, they should have been lucky to, to even, like, you know, only be down 10. Um, I kept waiting for Gonzaga to make a run and cut it, you know, down to a couple, two-possession game maybe. 
And it just never happened. Baylor just kept him at arm's length the entire game. Um, and Mark Few never adapted to how they defended the pick and roll. So that was that was the biggest thing that occurred in the second half. It stood out to me. So like like Josh said, I think Drew Timmy really hurt his NBA draft stock and pedigree with that abysmal defensive performance. I thought that same thing. I thought for sure at some point Gonzaga is going to go on the run, go on a run, and make a game out of it. I mean, Baylor went up 9-0 and shooting 100% from three. It was really pretty ridiculous. And if I'm a Gonzaga fan, I'm pretty pretty upset about that. But, uh, you know, Davion Mitchell, just watching him take anybody off the dribble, it's it's incredible. The dude is so fast and just you know could score around the rim like effortlessly and uh you know jared butler shooting was was on point uh but yeah i'm really happy i saw gonzaga lose don't feel bad for him at all uh yeah that's what happens when you actually play decent competition i hope people now understand that their whole season was a fluke that's just for business history off of 40 minutes of basketball i don't i don't believe that they were that bad as I don't think played. they were bad. I, just think I, I mean, I think you know, I think that was probably one of the worst performances. Like that was probably the worst outcome. Like that game could have gone for Gonzaga, especially with Jalen Suggs getting in foul trouble early. I, I feel like you know that game probably like I feel like Baylor is probably the better team there, but I think you know it's probably competitive more than more times than not. I mean, if they play that game ten times, I think Gonzaga wins four of them. Yeah, that's probably probably about right. This was just Baylor probably the extreme. I, I don't disagree. I'm just saying. Yeah, I think a lot of teams think the 2014 Wichita State team was terrible because they lost to the 8-seed UK team, but I think that team was actually really insane, and they just ran into a buzzsaw that was on fire that tournament run. So I still think it was a fluke of a season. But, yeah, Baylor curb stomped them. It was, oh, it was so glorious. I just... I'm so glad they don't have the satisfaction of saying that they're Oh yeah, you know, me a, as well. A perfect season after playing Pepperdine twenty million times. So Yeah, I'm satisfied. Yeah, I I was rooting like crazy for Baylor. I thought Gonzaga would win. I thought they were the better team, but you, you, there was a few few people who were happier than me on Monday night. Alright, not much more to talk about there, because uh like I said, Gonzaga actually got destroyed. I mean obliterated. They were terrible. Utterly god awful. Um, yeah, let's get into some football though, real quick. Um, big news that happened this week was Sam Darnold got traded. Um, to really nobody's surprise, but uh, he got traded to the Panthers for three draft picks. So who won this trade? Uh, uh, whoever got rid of Sam Darnold. <laughs> trade. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, I don't. I don't know why. Why, the, if the Panthers are going to trade for a better quarterback, why they traded for a guy that's literally not going to make them any better than, you know, what Bridgewater did. Uh, and, uh, you know, Bridgewater is more of a, you know, a game manager. Didn't really hurt him much, but also didn't help him a lot. Uh, especially when you have Christian McCaffrey that can do a lot of the work, but he was hurt a lot last year. Uh, and, you know, Sam Darnold has always been prone to turnovers. I... Uh, I'm j- I just don't think he's going to ever improve on that. And, you know, when you get extra draft picks for the Jets, I think you take it and, you know, see what you can do in the draft or in the free agency. 
It, it really didn't make much sense to me because uh, I feel like um, Carolina's in a prime position to just rebuild. And they had the eighth pick. They had, they, I mean, they still have the eighth pick in this draft. So I would have liked to just seen them use their draft capital to move up to four and take uh, take a quarterback there and just build around him moving forward rather than you know, trying to rekindle what might be left of Sam Darnold. I mean, I think it's a good, I think it's a good change of scenery for Sam Darnold. I think that'll be uh, promising for his future. And I, I suspect they'll be better than he was in New York, uh, especially when he actually has like, you know, decent weapons to throw to, especially on the perimeter. So, you know, I think those are some important things to keep in mind. So I'll be excited to see what happens with Sam Darnold and how he progresses, uh, given that change of scenery. But from the Carolina's point of view, I, I don't understand why we, why not just go all in on a rookie like Trey Lance uh, and build around him rather than trying to rebuild Sam Darnold. Yeah, this is basic, like uh, basically best case scenario for Sam Darnold. Like you said, they have more weapons. Uh, having Christian McCaffrey there do some do some screen stuff with that would be pretty OP. Um, but overall, he's just not going to make much of a difference for Carolina. I mean, waste of three picks, really. I mean, I don't know what else to say. I mean, they could end up being pretty good picks for the Jets, too. It surprised me at all. Right. That's an early 2022 second. Because, I mean, Sam Darnold's not going to make them any better, so they're just going to – they're not – they're going to be good picks. Well, with the number two pick in the draft, who do you think the Jets will pick? Will they go Zach Wilson or Justin Fields? I'm, I'm, I'm assuming Trevor Lawrence will go number one. They'll probably go Justin Fields. I wouldn't, but they. I feel like that's probably going to be the pick. I think it's going to be Zach Wilson. Really? Yeah, I think it sounds like it's going to be uh, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Mac Mac Jones. Oh, sounds like the top three from what uh, I've seen from Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport. I mean, I sure. I, I personally. The case, I'm taking Zach Wilson then. I personally think I'd go Justin Fields. Uh. Yeah, I think he just has the raw athleticism um, that kind of sets him apart from Zach Wilson. I mean, we'll we'll have our NFL draft preview episode where we get in more into it, but you know, I just I just think the knock on knock on Justin Fields is just you know he stops on the first read uh, quite a bit and doesn't really go through his progressions as much. But you know, that's just something you can fix, and I think the, the talent and tangibles are just there with Justin Fields. So you know. He was in the he's in the big time spotlight, and he's not like twenty four years old like Wilson. So that's true. I just feel like Wilson hasn't like just by the look of it, just has like he could have an incredible arm. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think uh, Wilson has the arm talent, but I think Justin Fields has more athleticism. So yeah, sure. it kind of depends on what you're looking for. I think there. It's kind of hard to gauge what you need for the Jets when the rest of your team is awful. Trevor Lawrence, that's what you need. Yeah, you need they, to they you need to go. You need to lose sixteen football games, and instead we Sam were interested Darnold in winning. Sam Darnold screwed that up for them and said, "See you later." I don't know if Justin Fields will be able to, you know, cope with the NFL blitzes. We know we saw how uh, how he did with uh, the blitzes all last season, especially against Alabama in the championship game. Uh, I just I don't I don't know. Instead of college kids, when you got the the big grown man running after him. With a, that's not that's not going to end well for him. With a all. poor offensive line too. <laughs> that's going to be rough. Which I mean, any any quarterback that plays in New York is going 
it's going to be rough for either team. So, um, yeah. Anything else there? Nope. Nope. It looks like the draft starts at four now. So go ahead and skip the first 30 minutes of the draft. <laughs> Facts. All right. Let's get into some more hoops here. Uh, ESPN recently this week came out with their top 25 under 25. That's top 25 players under 25 years of age. And um, there's some eye openers on here. Um, I think, um, you know, it depends on how you, how you look at this, you know, whether you look at it from a GM perspective or who's better. I, I don't know. Well, let's, let's go through it. Um, Luka Doncic, number one. I think that's, that's obvious, right? It's obvious. Can we all agree? I agree. I don't know. Devin, do you agree? Maybe. Yeah, I think I'd put him over Zion. Okay. It, it's, okay. it's, it's getting closer. It's getting closer, but I think you take Luka there. Right. And obviously, number two, like Zion, Zion Wilson Williams, and I agree with that too. But uh, number three, this is uh, where it gets pretty outlandish. Um, because as we know, the media loves this kid, absolutely loves him. I mean, like, I, I think everybody who works at ESPN, everybody who works at Bleacher Report, everybody who works at House of Highlight uh, has a shrine of this kid in their living room. Um, it is a LaMelo ball. I mean, you guessed it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, he's the beloved prince of the NBA that everybody in the world thinks is going to be the next Michael Jordan times 20. So, uh, yeah, LaMelo Ball, third. No, I can already tell you that right off the bat. No, that is outrageous. There's no way you can tell me that LaMelo Ball is better than Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, Ben Simmons, De'Aaron Fox, Dem Booker, Shea Gilders-Alexander, Bam Adebayo. He's not better than any of those guys, and I can confidently, confidently say that. So, I agree with you. Uh if you if you've seen the list, um, I have him no higher than, you know, sixteen. I, I I kind of view him the same as I do Trey Young. I feel like they'll be kind of the same player, and uh, the fact that he's above all these other guys, like you just mentioned, heck, Brandon Ingram too. It's just completely just dumb. I want to like Devin's making a cringe face. He's he's gonna he's gonna rebuttal have a rebuttal to our points here but it's it's just completely egregious to me that he would be above all of those players you know the top 15 players on this list and uh, i want nothing to do with it if if i have all these other options to start my franchise with chad voluntarily double downing on his uh lamello ball is going to be trey young in the future take is I mean, it's it's yeah. it's a take. It's a take. Sure. Uh, I mean, I think the biggest thing, my biggest gripe here, Josh, is uh, the list was based on um, future potential, not who's better right now. So, yeah. obviously, LaMelo Ball is not better than Donovan Mitchell at this current moment. But when you consider the fact LaMelo Ball is 19 years old, a rookie, started 21 games, I, there's definitely a world where he has the third most potential in the league. Future potential, I still think he's not third. Well, I don't think he's seventeen. I, I don't think he's seventeen. He's obviously um, not seventeen. There's. That, that. I think he's. I, I'd put him top ten, but I'd, I'd put him lower top ten. Because I, I think Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, De'Aaron Fox, uh, Booker, and Bam, maybe Shea, all have. Equivalent, maybe more. I think all of those guys could go throw the mellow ball in there. I think all of them can kind of go 
tit for tat. So Ben Simmons, I I think he's he's peaked. Honestly, he's not getting a shot. He's peaked. I don't know. Really, I don't really know why he's at seven. I'd put him lower if it's based off potential. I, I guess Josh and I just completely disagree because I was like Ben Simmons is too low. <laughs> like really? that was my thought process. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think he should be like a lot lower, but I think Devin Booker should be above him. No, I, I think, disagree completely. I think Shea Gilders Alexander Alexander could be above him. I disagree completely. Really? He can't shoot. You're correct, he, but he can do literally everything else. That's great, but he can't shoot. He can't do the most important thing. Yeah, but I think you can play him as a point forward, and it's fine. We've seen the offense work, especially when you surround him with shooters like Seth Curry, Danny Green. Has it worked? Uh, it definitely has well, worked. They're, they're the one seed. They're the one seed right now. I don't know. I've, they've never gotten what, – what's the farthest they've gotten in the playoffs since he's played? Did, have they made it to the conference finals? I don't think so. I think they've made oh, yeah. conference like, semifinals. I, yeah, so I mean I, I – They've been, I don't know, I wouldn't consider that a success yet. I mean, Darren Fox and Shea Gilgis Alexander, like, like they have a playoff track record that we're supposed okay. to be blown away. Like, I, like, sh- sure, okay. sure, fair Ben fair Simmons' point. playoff, that track record isn't iconic. Like, I just fair think, point. I just think, Ben, uh, this was supposed to be a LaMelo argument, somehow it's turned into Ben Simmons, but I just think Ben Simmons is the defensive player of the year. He's probably the most versatile defender he literally went from guarding dame and to lebron and like back-to-back nights and shut both of them down in consecutive nights and he's like he's a liability of shooting but i still think you know he's great at facilitating the offense uh he's great at finding open passing lanes um and when you face the floor around him like the 76ers have done this year um once they brought in daryl morey to run the ship then i think you know you can see that the offense really works so that's that's just kind of my point. I I you know I have some worries about some guys like De'Aaron Fox and Shea, but I just I just think you know Ben Simmons' his defensive prowess can't be understated. I think that De'Aaron Fox argument is valid. I, I think Ben Simmons could have more potential than him, but I don't, Devin Booker. I don't I don't see how on earth Ben Simmons will have more potential than him. I just don't see it. Yeah, I mean, Chad, do you have any, do you have any thoughts? Lamelo, Ben Simmons, any any anybody? In Are the we just gonna let Chad stuff? get away with the fact that Chad said Lamelo would be seventeenth on his list? Sixteenth. Yeah. Sorry, sixteenth. Just oh, keep in sorry. mind, he's he's there at the John Morant, uh, Trey Young. Range. That so is I, completely I, egregious and I absurd. I actually didn't. I didn't know. Like when I first saw this list, I didn't know it was based off potential. I thought it was just like best players like right now so like that that's why i was kind of outraged i still don't agree that lamella ball should be three i think he should be like i said lower top 10 um but he lower than lower than brandon ingram i, I feel like we kind of know what pretty much most of these players are brandon ingram is exactly where he's gonna be at like lamella ball I what, could be i know what i get a reigning mvp it wouldn't surprise me at all Ah, no shot he gets MVP. He contributes in all three categories while being no efficient, shot. while no being a above-average defender. You know, maybe if he gets on a decent team, but even then, no shot. The Hornets are like the fifth seed in the Eastern Conference right now. And they lost LaMelo, and now they've lost Gordon Hayward. I mean, they were doing pretty good 
for most of the regular season, especially when he's not starting I, I the first half of the year. Yeah. Explain that. The Hawks to are me. like fourth. It's a weak East, but I still, I, I, I see your point. I mean, I just don't see him being any better than guys like Jalen Brown and Jamal Murray. You know, I just, I don't, I don't feel like I know what I get from those players. I don't see him being any better than that. <laughs> I mean, sorry. I think Lamelo right now is better than Jamal Murray, and he's only nineteen. Jamal Murray's twenty three. And when you compare Lamelo to Jamal, when Jamal Murray was nineteen and a rookie, it's not even close. It's actually. Lamelo is so far ahead of how good Jamal Murray was in his rookie campaign at the same age. So if, you know, Lamelo does the same evolution and evolving that Jamal Murray does, he will be substantially better than Jamal Murray. No shot. I, I, Lamelo, I don't understand what the slap, like, what does Lamelo not do? He does literally everything. He facilitates the offense. He gets others involved while being efficient. He can shoot. He's an above-average defender. He's probably one of the best rebounding guards already. And he doesn't really turn the ball over that much. He just, he oh, what just do you want? What, what do you... He plays too wild and likes to pad his stats. Don't, I don't want to hear any of that. But based on what? <laughs> based on what? He makes insane passes that work? He makes stupid behind-the-back passes that make no sense in any given situation. Oh, so Chad's never seen it before, and it's impressive, so it must be reckless. Yeah? It is reckless. Yes, yeah, I, that's uh, a perfect word for it. Perfect word. I still don't think he's that great of a shooter, though. I mean, 38%. I'll take yes, it. But, I'll take know, it. I mean, you're saying, shot, you're saying John Morant, who's shooting, what, 24% is better? Yeah, but John Morant's an insane athlete that can, you know, score it anywhere else. I don't know. I think uh, I think it's a bit egregious. Basically, I have the same true shooting percentage. All right, so we know Chad's going to put LaMelo Ball at 16 or 17. Devin, okay, where you... No, okay, you know what? Give me 14. There... He he's gonna be better than Michael Porter, okay? Michael Porter is not not anything. He's special. going to be better than Jamal Murray. He's not. He's going definitely to going to be better than Jamal. Murray. Though. He's I put him at fourteen. Definitely going to be that, better than Jamal Murray. My final. That's the highest I can do. <laughs> I I can guarantee you he will be better than Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray had what ten good games in the bubble. He's really not been good outside of that. I would say he has actually. You know, like, yeah. scores 30 a night, just saying. Okay, so yeah, Chad, Chad's got Lomelo at 14. Devin, where do you have Lomelo? I think I have Lomelo at 6th. Sixth. 6th. Sixth. So you have Luca. Jason Tatum. Luca, Zion, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, Ben Simmons, Lomelo. I have him. Let's see, where should I put him? Booker, Booker and Lomelo would be it's close for me. I would do Luca, Zion, Mitchell, Tatum, Booker, Simmons, Fox, Lamelo. Fox over really. I, I, I what just, for? I don't know. Why? Speed and athleticism. I don't know. He just has he just has a couple things that Lamelo doesn't have, and I think he could possibly have all the things Lamelo Ball does have. So just add that to it. I don't know. I just. Based off, you know, genetic potential, I, I give, I give a slight edge to 
De'Aaron Fox. But I, I could see LaMelo Ball being better than him, too. Although I could see Shea kind of being up there, too, but I don't know. I just think LaMelo will be better at defense and rebounding than De'Aaron Fox ever will be. That's true, yeah. I, well, mean, I don't know about And defense. I feel like they'll be pretty rebounding. equivalent. What? Say that again? I said, I don't know. I don't know about defense, but rebounding most definitely. Lamelo's already a better defender than he is right, like than De'Aaron Fox right now. Ah, uh, I don't know. He's nineteen instead of twenty-three. Uh, he's still young. He'll get you. He'll get used to the game, and then you know, slack off like everyone else does. He he's he's new to the whole. A six-six point guard is a pretty pretty good defensive profile. It's not uh, it's not not hard to be an above average elite defender when you're six-six and athletic, and lanky like Lamelo. Uh, I just think De'Aaron Fox has the lateral quickness. Yeah, I do agree with that. I do agree with that. So I mean, it's kind of you know, they're both. I feel like they're both two different kind of defenders. Lamelo has the length and the he has more and, versatile, I think. And then Fox has the the quickness. But yeah, I'd, I'd probably put him there. I'm just still worried about Fox's ability to shoot threes. Yeah, it's pretty inconsistent, and it's only it was all oh, 29 percent last year and 32 percent this year. Slight improvement, but he's yeah, I can see that point too. Yeah, that one sounds pretty close. So uh one one player that's not on this list is Tyler Hero. Thoughts? Tyler Hero's not on the top twenty five under twenty five. It's probably the biggest name that I could think of that's not on this list. I like Tyler Hero as much as the next guy. I mean I even have a picture with him. I mean I look all happy and giddy because I'm next to Tyler Hero in a picture. But the dude is just too inconsistent. He might be really good one night and then just not even show up the next night. You know, I would know because I have I have him on fantasy. He might score 25 fantasy points or he might, you know, get negative three. So I don't, I don't, I don't really know. He'll be fine. I think he'll be fine. I'm not really worried about him. It's just right now, right now, uh, you know, he needs to find his, find his uh, footing a little bit more. That's just uh, that's what I don't understand. This list is about potential. I get he's kind of inconsistent right now, but his numbers are still up from last year. He's averaging two more points. He's averaging an extra assist, an extra rebound, and he's shooting better. I, I know his efficiency is not, not as great. He's not shooting. He, he's not shooting better. Say so he's shooting better by point one percent. Obviously, point one percent isn't much, but so. It counts. It counts. If we're looking at field goal percentage, sure. Yeah, point 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 one percent better. It counts. I mean, if I'm looking at potential, he has more potential than Lonzo. He has more potential than Jared Allen. He has more potential than all, like a lot of these guys on the list. I think. Does he though? Yeah. He, he's just a. I feel like his potential is just a floor spacing. Defensive liability, knockdown three-point shooter. Like, isn't he just like prime Danny Green? What the hell was that? What? No. He he's prime gonna... Danny Green. Yeah, consistent three-point shooter, but liability on defense and doesn't really do much else on offense. Faces the floor. He's not a spot-up shooter. He can pull up and he can shot create. Danny Green can't. 
He's only shooting 34, 34% from three. I, mean, I would yeah, say we're talking, and, we're talking potential here. I'm not talking like this is based off potential. He went from 39% from to 34%. That's that trajectory continues and ain't looking good for his potential. I don't know, man. I, I, agree, I agree, though. I Danny Green, him and Danny Green are the, literally the exact same player. All they can do is shoot. There's no doubt about it. They can score, you know. Uh, but they all—they also can't guard anybody. I think you all are seriously underestimating, like, like seriously, like sleeping on this. Like, he has so much more offensive capability than Danny Green, miles more. Wait, but, but, uh, does he? Yeah. <laughs> Extremely. Danny Green has had multiple seasons of like forty-two, forty-three percent shooting from three, and while I'm being not- a pretty good I'm defender. Not about, I'm not. I'm not talking about just three-point shooting. I'm talking about just scoring. You think general. Tyler Hero is going to be like a, like a James Harden scorer, like a Kevin Durant well, scorer? Why the hell did I say that? <laughs> I, I, I don't. <laughs> you see. were taking words out of my mouth that I did not say. Okay. Well, who do you think he's going to be? Like, you what, just what, what? Okay. Okay. I don't what? Even know what, you just what? Did. I don't know what that, that compare that to. That's like I spit gum out on the sidewalk and you just picked it up and just started chewing it on it yourself. Uh, I, I don't mean, know what, what type of pro- what type of scoring profile? Like, who? What player is he going to be? I don't know, but I think he has more capability on offense than Danny Green. Danny Green is just a spot-up shooter. Tyler Hero can create shots for himself. He's more – hes I don't know. He can get around defenders. He can shoot floaters. He can shoot mid-range. He can do, shoot fadeaways. He can pull up like – he can pull up from anywhere in mid. He can pull up from three. He's not just a spot-up shooter. Don't, don't give me that. I don't know about that. I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know about Hero that. doing all kinds of shit on YouTube, just pulling up here and there. And you know, all, you, all you'll see from da- Danny Green is stationary three-point shots from the corner. From the, exactly. I mean, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't understand like the comparison here. They can shoot threes. That's great. That's great. Now, if we're talking a Danny Green comparison, I feel like Duncan Robinson's closer to Danny Green than Tyler Hero. Danny Green was much better on defense than both of these players. I'm talking. Oh man, we do not understand English today. I did not say the, I did not say the, the the D word. I didn't say it once. That's half of the game. I'm talking offense though, offensive capabilities. So they're the same player, Danny Green, Tyler Hero. All they do is spot up shoot. I'm saying no. Danny Green is more efficient on offense because he plays to his strengths. I don't know that I want Tyler Hero creating his own shot. I don't think that's his. I don't think that's his forte. I want Tyler. I want Tyler Hero to beat Danny Green. That's what I want. I want him to shoot 41, 42 percent because he just stands in the corner and knocks down threes when he gets open. I mean, he really doesn't have any other playmaking ability, so might as well be a good shooter at least. I don't see the potential for him to, you know, be able to take guys off the dribble and consistently create his own shot, especially at the end of games. I just don't see it. I could He's be wrong. Done it. I could get it for a playoff series, a couple playoff games, and he was insanely hot in the bubble. Yeah, if that's his potential, <laughs> then... Hey, if he, he can prove me wrong. I'm not saying he can't prove me wrong. I just, I I'm telling you, I ain't buying it for one second. I, I, I would rather have him over Lonzo Ball and Jared Allen. 
fact that he doesn't. No, no, Jared, Jared Allen is way a million times better. Has so much potential. Defensively and on the glass. I mean, I feel like I could replace Jared Allen with somebody else that can do the exact same things that he does and be fine. Like who? Like who? Andre Drummond? No, no, no way. Jared Allen is a million times better. I think Jared, yeah, Jared Allen's definitely better than Andre Drummond. I'm not saying that, but I mean, I'm just like, he's just a post presence. He's just an anchor. He just gets rebounds and he blocks shots. Andre Drummond. No, no. They have the same role. That's what I'm getting at. You know that because big, they're both that, seven feet tall, but they're they are not. I'm just saying. I'm Andre just Drummond saying is so inefficient. Jared Allen is one of the most efficient players. Yeah, I think Jared Allen is better than Andre Drummond, but I'm just saying, like, I I think that's not that that's a that's a repl- replaceable position. That's easier to replace. Jared Allen is still 22 years old. Oh yeah, I mean I don't I don't see any issues with him. I think he's going to be good. I think he still deserves to be on this list. But, I mean, there were there were top 26, under 25. I mean, there's Jared Allen. But. So you're telling me you think Tyler Hero has more potential than Jared Allen? Yeah. No. I completely disagree. I can see Lon. I can see taking him over Lonzo, but not not Jared Allen. I can see. I can see Lonzo as well. I, I think know, I think you have I think you're way too high on Tyler Hero. It sounds like, in my opinion. Really? I mean, I might be. I just I don't know. I'm just a, I don't know. Just from what I saw during the playoffs and in the bubble, it's just yeah. But know. he's I, not I, shown I, me any of that this season. I, I, if he I had mean, taken if he had taken or continued even his performance from the bubble, I would agree. I would be in the same boat as he's, you. He's only what like 20 years old. Sure. Yeah, that's fair. It's completely valid. He's got he's two years younger than. Jared Allen. I mean, he has all the room in the world to do what? Prove what? What do you to do? What, me, to do what? what <laughs> to develop. Think, <laughs> we're talking about a poten- top twenty-five potential players under twenty-five. What do you think on earth? I mean, I legitimately had no idea what you were talking about. Okay. To develop, yeah, I think he has all the room in the world to develop. He's twenty years old. Had a historic run for a rookie in the playoffs in the bubble. Granted, yeah, he's doing things differently this year, but the whole Heat team as a whole, I mean, this, everybody's just not as good as they were last year. Uh, well, they are starting Trevor Ariza. So, I mean, do with that what you will. Yeah, he's only, he's, he's only been in the league since 2005. <laughs> 35 years old. <laughs> Still starting. I don't think that's because they think he's better than Tyler Hero. But yeah, none, nonetheless, um... Is there anything else on this list that you guys want to attack? Don't want to hear your thoughts on uh, Mikael Bridges. I'm just not on the Mikael Bridges plane, uh, train. I didn't know he was 17th. Like I, I don't think he's better than Demonis Sabonis by any means. I think Sabonis is clearly a better player. That's a tough one for me. That is, that's yeah, you know, all one. I know is you were big on Demonda Sabonis back. Uh, oh, I, 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 yeah, but I, I feel like I feel like we know what Sabonis is. I feel like 
it, just because the list is based on potential, I feel like Mikael Bridges probably is currently the best 3 and D guy in the league. And he's still only 20, he's 24, so. 24, I mean, yeah, that's that's too old. I mean, I, hey, it's only his third season, though. Like, he did come in the year into the league older. But, I mean, he's continued to improve every single season. He's up to 42% from three, 65% true shooting, and has one of the most efficient offensive players in the league, so. I definitely think I definitely think there's uh, still room for potential. Simonis is very good as well, so that, that's that's a that's a close tough call. What's what's uh Macau Bridges' usage rate? Fifteen percent, non-existent. Fifteen, okay. He just gets spot up open threes off of Chris Paul and Devin Booker. I don't know. I still think Simonis is better. I just I don't know. I mean, better, sure. I think I think his potential is more than Macau Bridges. I mean, Sabonis is already a superstar. I I don't I don't see Bridges ever being a superstar. Superstar is a stretch. All star. He's, he's the center centerpiece of that team. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see Macau Bridges I, doing that either. I mean, yeah. I. I right. see the potential, but I think that I I don't know. I think it's just because of the Suns system. I think you put him anywhere else. I don't know if it'll really work out the way it's working this year. I mean, I don't think it'll be bad. I don't. I think it'll be good. I think he does have potential, but I don't. I don't know. I think just the Suns system and the team fits him, fits his play style. I think the thing that sticks out to me is Mikael Bridges is, I think, a harder quantity to find in the league. Yeah, it's kind of like a Robert Covington. Yeah, a guy that a guy that can be like you know a lockdown defender and also a knockdown shooter and kind of space the floor. Whereas Sabonis is more of a traditional, creates his own shot as a dominant big man on offense. I think that they're both important. I mean, yeah, I, I does, yeah. But I'd still, I'd still give it to, I'd give it to Sabonis. I want to hear where uh, Devin. Where do you think Trey Young falls on this list? He's at 16 right now, but I want to. Err, but I, yeah, 16. But I want to hear where you think you should be. Is that fair? Or do you think you should be lower? I know you're not going higher. I mean, I might put him I over John all... Morant. But say that again. I said I might put him over John Morant, but that'd be the only person. Maybe Michael Porter Jr. I have such a hard time with Trey Young because he 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 gets he gets the ball so much, and because he gets the ball so much, he you know averages twenty five points a game. And I think you know I underrate his passing sometimes. Um, he does he does uh, involve his teammates a lot, but I just have a really hard time evaluating players that get thirty three to thirty five percent usage rate. And, you know, still aren't that efficient. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people think he's a better three-point shooter than he is. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I w- if I was a GM, I would not want Trey Young on my team. I don't think he's 
a winning basketball. No. I don't think he's a winning basketball player. He just strikes yeah. me as a good stats, bad team guy. Granted, they are fourth uh, at the moment, but it's a weak East. I mean, uh, East is inc- incredibly weak. Uh, yeah, I don't, and he's, I, he's just such a liability on defense as well. I just really would not want that on my team. But he has the ability to get hot like he did tonight and just go off. So can't be understated as well. But I, I just don't. I just, I just can't watch him, man. I just hate watching him. It's like how you yeah. feel about Lamelo, probably. I just hate watching him. Pretty much. Yeah, so any, any, anything else y'all want to touch on this list? I like how Ty- Tyrese Halliburton is 21st, and he was what the 11th pick in his own draft class. But he's twenty first in the league. <laughs> uh, that's actually hilarious how bad how bad the NBA is at identifying good talent. Right. Everybody knew he was gonna be good too. That's the funny part. Everybody was hyping him as like top five, top seven pick. We loved him on on this podcast and he's proven to be even better than I think almost anyone anticipated, but I love Tyrese Alberton. Chad, you got anything else? Oh, I think I'm good. You know what yeah. Luke Wal- you know what Luke Walton did the other day? What did he do? Probably the uh most outrageous thing I've seen all season, and there have been some terrific decisions. We st- he started uh Mo- Maurice Harkless over Tyrese Halbert. Just I just wanted to throw that out there. In case you didn't know, Maurice Harkless is still in the league. Maurice Harkless. Well, I actually did see that. He had some dunk I saw on Instagram today. But um, Maurice Harkless, what can he do? He's a decent defender, but what else? Nothing. Can't shoot. Can't dribble. Maybe gets a couple <laughs> rebounds. I don't know. Just a waste couldn't of a roster you. spot. Couldn't, I couldn't tell you. That's embarrassing, man. Luke Walton's coaching the way he played. You know what? I mean, you know he's what? not. You know what Luke Walton is? Luke Walton is a second round pick that eventually was a was the head coach of LeBron James, who was the number one pick in his same draft. So if you're LeBron, you're like, why? I don't have to listen to you. So, so I'm just going to do my own thing. And uh, yeah, someone on the Kings needs to, you know, be that guy. Man, I can tell you, I can tell you this, like Luke Walton, the only reason he was in the NBA for so long was for team morale. He said, "Okay, fine. Give me a million dollars a year. I'll be, I'll be the funny guy in the locker room." There, you can't tell me he's on an NBA roster because of his playing. There's no way, and, and I know there's not because he didn't get any playing time at all, ever. He like he averaged 0.2 minutes his whole career probably. Did you ever see this guy play? No. He's coaching the exact same way, meaning he's not. He's, he's he didn't play. He's not coaching. He doesn't know how to coach. He didn't know how to play. So I mean, he's not knowing how to coach. You're gonna put Maurice Harkless over a potential star. Potential what? What's what's potential? Developing players? I've never heard of it. Hey, talk to Dwayne Casey. Get... Talk to Dwayne Casey. Right. <laughs> he right. played Corey. He played Corey Joseph thirty-one minutes. Killian Hayes only got twenty. Amadou Diallo only got sixteen. But Corey Joseph got thirty-one. <laughs> uh, oh, I don't know. I goaded. Uh, NBA coaches are. I I don't know who I hate more: NBA coaches or MLB managers. Well, that was a good segue because uh, I think we're, that wraps up the top 25, under 25. Who knows? Maybe we'll make our own list one day. But speaking of uh, MLB action, I figured I'd let 
give Devin the reins here to talk about some MLB for a little bit. What's going on there? Say something smart like quantum quantum metrics. Uh, I will point out the fact that uh, Joe Musgrove threw uh, no hitter, the first in Padres history and first of the 2021 season. Uh, I know a lot of people were you know, excited uh, for Joe Musgrove. Uh, finally got his change of scenery out of Pittsburgh um, and in the Padres system. Uh, he's, you know, he's had he's shown signs of uh, some impressive skill sets in the past. Uh, I mean, he still had a 33% strikeout rate uh, last year while limiting the hard contact. Um, so I was excited to see see him get out of Pittsburgh and finally get to a decent organization. Uh, you know, he definitely has a great pitch repertoire with the six pitches. Uh, so, I mean, you know, the, int- the, the usage of the slider has been really great. Um, and I really, I'm really glad to see him, you know, um, really start to throw his cutter more. I think that's kind of been one of the things that's really led to his, you know, breakout and development this season. It's now his most thrown pitch. Um, so it was his least thrown pitch the past two years, and now it's his most thrown pitch. So I, I'm going to assume the Padres identified that as his best pitch, and he's been he's been throwing it lights out, and you know, it's been terrific through two starts so far. So I'm sure I'm sure Tyler and I will talk about it on from the dugout, go a little bit more in depth. Indeed. Love baseball. It's the best. Right, Mark, my, I'm going to get into baseball. Like, give me give me some time. And then, like, oh, one of these days I'm going to be talking about the quantum quantum realm or whatever. And I'm going to be, I'm going to be talking all sorts of baseball statistics. All right. Oh, we'll hold you to that. We'll, have, we'll let you have a guest yeah. appearance on uh, from the dugout. Let you let you ch- chat it up with Tyler and myself and see how see how well you can hang. All right, sounds good. And I just want to shout out Tyler Naquin. You know, dude was just the just a casual pickup in free agency for the Reds. Dude has four homers in the first seven games of the season, and he was kind of just an af- afterthought. Um, he gets playing time when uh, Akiyama gets hurt and. Uh, you know, gets in the outfield there. Um, I don't, I don't really know if him doing anything with the Indians, uh, but you know, he's kind of found found his own own rhythm here, and you know, an OPS of thirteen thirteen hundred. That's kind of good. Josh, you know what OPS is? Mm-hmm. Uh, of course. Okay, yeah, that's really good. It's like unsustainably good. So. Uh, but yeah, I like I like how how he's able to have his plate discipline and uh, you know swing it swing at good pitches with great power and you know four homers hit another one tonight. So shout out to him, favorite player. You'll be disappointed once Jesse Winker and Shogo Akiyama come back. Yeah. His plate time gets cut in half, if not worse. So just go ahead and prepare yourself for that. I'm sure David Bell won't make any good decisions when it comes to that. All right, well, that does it for this episode of From the Sidelines. Like Josh said at the top of the show, we got some uh, content on our website, ftspod.com. You can go check out. Uh, Tyler Bender's got his League of Legends podcast running around the rift, previewing the championship matches for the LCS and LEC playoffs this upcoming weekend. And, of course, we debuted our first episode of From the Dugout, 
myself and Tyler Bender um, bringing you that podcast, talking about the major storylines in Major League Baseball, and going to be doing some recurring segments. So if you have any comments about uh, any of our content or want to want to sell, tell us that Lamelo is uh, the best player under 25 right now, feel free to send us an email to theftspod at gmail.com. You can find us on social media as well. Drop a DM or give us a follow. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at FTSPOD. Bye, have a great time. Bye, have a great time.